My dear sisters, I've been requested to move benediction to after this talk this evening because sister had the lovely idea that I would bring the Blessed Sacrament down and bless each of you individually as you kneel there, and I will do so with great joy, and then I will finish benediction, but I'm sure our Lord is very much with us this evening and is happy to pour out his blessings upon you. I had the grace this afternoon to speak to you about our Lord's terrible sufferings and the love he proved for all of us by surrendering himself to death on the cross. But all of you who are here on this retreat know that for us as Christians, however sobering the sufferings of our Lord in Holy Week are, that our focus is on the Christ who is risen, the Christ who triumphed over death, who won the victory of all victories when he rose triumphant from the tomb on the third day. And I wish to speak to you about this because I want you to know that it's only when we come to a point in our lives where our souls are flooded with joy at the resurrection that we have truly begun to understand the beauty of our Christian faith. Think about the church and all the times and troubles that the church has been through, the massive persecutions, the martyrdoms of so many holy people, all of the places where Christians have truly shared in the passion and suffering of Jesus. And this has happened in every part of the world and continues to happen as our Lord prophesied. And yet, in spite of it, in spite of all these sufferings, in spite of our sharing in the passion of Christ, the church continues to rejoice in his resurrection, to proclaim to the world that Christ is risen, and nothing that happens to us can extinguish that joy. Even in days when the church was driven underground, even in times when it seemed almost a crime against others to become a Christian, the church always in her heart rejoiced in the risen Lord. And it's that joy that gives life to everything we do as Christians. It's that joy that enables us to face our own death with surrender to God because we know that he works everything for the good of those who love him and that for those who love Jesus, there is no death. It's that faith that enables us to weep at the graveside of the people we love and yet to surrender them with trust and joy into the arms of Jesus. We can really face a great deal if we have faith in the Lord because we know that he is greater than all the world, greater than all the empires and all the armies and all of the forces that have been marshaled against his holy church. And he has promised us not that his church will not be free from persecution, not that those who follow him will be free from every suffering, but he has promised us that in the end, 
we will all triumph with him, that we will be with him in his kingdom. And this spirit of joy, which so irritates people who don't believe in Christ, is an irrevocable part of the life of the church. If you follow Jesus and you truly believe in him, then even in the midst of your sorrows and troubles, you rejoice in the Lord. Not just for the joy that you personally hope to share, but for the joy that you know is coming to all those who, like you, have loved Jesus. In my life as a priest, God has given me the grace to meet some very holy souls, people who clearly loved God more than they loved themselves, who lived for the Lord Jesus. Many of these people had great sufferings in their life, and yet I've never seen a single one of them who lacked joy in the Lord in spite of all of their troubles because they believed that Christ will keep his promise, I shall be with you always, even unto the end of the world. Think about what happened in the beginning. The women abstained from work on the Sabbath day as all Jews were required to do. But at the very break of day, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Sunday, they came hurriedly to the tomb, not because they believed they would find Jesus, but because they wished in compassion to anoint his body. And when they came to the tomb, they found that the door was open. And when they looked inside, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. At first, they ran away in fear but I love the story in John's Gospel. Mary Magdalene came back to the tomb weeping at dawn. And as she wept, she looked again inside the tomb. And behind her, she heard a voice that she somehow recognized. She thought that it was the gardener. She turned to him and said, Sir, if you've taken him away, show me where he is, and I will care for him. And then he pronounced her name, Mary. And she fell at his feet and said, Rabboni, Master. She embraced the risen Lord. And afterwards, Jesus appeared to all of his followers. He appeared to Peter, lifting up his heart and giving him courage and telling him not to be afraid. He appeared to all of the disciples when they were at supper, when they were loaded down with grief and doubt and remorse, when rumors had begun to circulate about not finding the body of the Lord, and then he stood in front of them in all the radiance of his new life, and they were dumbfounded. They could not believe they were seeing their risen Lord. Why do doubts arise in your heart? Come, handle me and see.
see that I have flesh and bone. And then to Thomas, who continued to doubt, take here your finger and place it in the wound in my hand and place your hand in the wound in my side and don't be unbelieving, but believe. And the disciples adored the Lord. My Lord and my God, cried Thomas. And that was an act of faith because although he saw the risen body of the man, Jesus, his eyes didn't see the Lord. The faith in his heart saw the Lord, just as it is with us. And whenever you greet the risen Lord, you are proclaiming your faith that the impossible has happened. Death has been overcome. Death could not claim the grave of the one they loved. And when they saw him, overwhelmed by joy at his presence, confused in their hearts, and when he spoke to them, they knew that life was more powerful than death. They knew that nothing mattered except following him. He need not have taken them back. None of us probably would have done so. But after his resurrection, he came to the very ones who had doubted and run away from him. And he said to them, peace be with you. That is why if any of you have been ever loaded with sins, you don't need to be afraid to come to Jesus because he's been through that before with his disciples. They failed him and betrayed him and denied him and he forgave them and came to them and gave them a whole new life. Again and again he appeared to them in the weeks that followed. He even appeared to them at the Sea of Galilee when they were all out fishing. And John, the youngest, the beloved disciple, sees a familiar figure on the shore and then cries out, almost choked with joy, it is the Lord. Love always sees 2020. He saw the Lord. And when Peter recognized the Lord, he threw himself into the sea could not wait to get to shore to embrace the Savior. He is just the same today, still full of love and mercy to all of his disciples. Their hearts thrill with joy that he walked among them, spoke to them, opened their hearts, taught them the Holy Scriptures. But he said to them, that he would be taken up to the Father, that they were not to be frightened. But before he ascended into heaven, he raised his hands and blessed them and said, Know that I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And he has been with us, not only because countless saints have had visions of his glory, not only because again and again he has shown himself as he did to Margaret Mary in the mystery of his sacred heart, 
or has appeared to his friend Teresa to speak to her of his love, or has appeared to so many of the saints, but he has come to each of us in his own way, lifting our hearts, giving us peace, forgiving our sins, showing us the way so that we know in truth it is the Lord. For if Christ were not risen, if he had not conquered death, how could so many souls around the world be risen? How could they be raised from the dead as they are? How could they have overcome sin in their lives and become new creatures by the Holy Spirit? How could they be filled with the graces that fill their lives so that God even works miracles through their hands? Only the risen Lord could do that for his disciples. And truly, he is risen, as he said. And to believe this is to have the joy of Easter always in your heart. And that's what the Lord Jesus wants us to have. How often did he tell people, lift up your hearts, don't be afraid. And when we lift up our hearts to the Lord Jesus, he takes away our fear, he fills us with courage, he enables us to do things that only he could do. My dear friends, in the 19th century, there was a woman in Italy who tried unsuccessfully at first to join a convent, and then she decided to found her own religious order. She did, and that religious order began to spread with incredible rapidity, first through Italy, and then she took it to the United States. She was a very short woman, but she was a woman filled with the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Her name was Mother Cabrini. Do you know that before she left Italy, her doctor told her she had six months to live? She said, God's will be done. She lived another 30, 35 years, crossing the ocean repeated times, going to North, Central, South America, everywhere founding convents, everywhere being filled with her confidence in the Lord. She had so much faith that she even volunteered to go into Sing Sing prison and to visit the convicts on death row who asked for her because her presence brought them comfort. She was the foundress who wasn't afraid to get a mop and mop the halls in the very institutions that she had founded, who was always filled with the charity of God who could speak to people of the love of Christ and inspire them. I met a woman in Port Townsend, Washington, which is not far from Seattle, who had met Mother Cabrini when she was just a little girl. Mother Cabrini had come over from Seattle where she had founded her hospital and was begging the Italian-Americans in the area to contribute to her cause. One of them was this lady's father. She remembered the sweetness of Mother Cabrini. It was a memory she could never efface from her mind. 
And when you meet people who are filled with the power of the risen Lord, God can do all things through them. One evening, we were watching a video many years ago of Mother Teresa, who was visiting strife, war-torn Lebanon. I don't know if you remember that terrible civil war that tore apart that country. She arrived in a city where the two halves were separated by barbed wire. There were artillery barrages that happened frequently. Mother Teresa said to the American ambassador, there are poor sick children in East Beirut. I want to go and get them. He said, you can't. I mean, no one can cross that line. She said, God wants me to cross that line. She did cross it. And there are films of her picking up the children who were shaking and convulsing. And by her stroking and her words to them, the children became calm in her arms as she spoke of the love of Jesus. She brought the whole group back to West Beirut safely. The American officials were dumbfounded because when the risen Lord works through his saints, all things are possible. That is why the world with its skepticism and cynicism will never succeed in defeating the church. Neither the persecutions of the Nazis or the communists, nor the disdain and neglect of rich and wealthy people will ever succeed in defeating the work of the church because the work of the church is the work of the risen Christ. And where Christ is risen, he cannot be defeated. Where he works, his church grows and prospers even in spite of the powers that be. For the love of Jesus and the risen Lord, people have volunteered for what seems to be impossible positions and by God's grace, they have accomplished wonders. In my life as a priest, I have been humbled to meet missionary priests who have been in the most neglected areas of the world, who speak of their work there and their desire to help the people to come to Christ. I have seen the fruit of their labors and the holy souls that have come from those countries. And I see the work of God continuing in all of you who are here tonight. Because why are you here? Because you believe Jesus is alive. He's risen. You love him. You want to give him your heart. So you come to this chapel so that you can hear about him. How could that be accomplished except by the risen Lord? Why would any of you come except that his spirit moves in your hearts and his power touches you, leading some of you to repentance, some of you to a deeper faith, some of you to a more vibrant love, but touching the lives of all of you as he touched all those he met. Woman, he said to Mary Magdalene, why are you weeping? And she cried out in joy and embraced the Lord. So have all of us. If our sins have been forgiven, 
if we have been nourished by the life of the sacraments, if we have lived in his holy church. All of us who are here on this retreat have come because whether we can put it in words or not, all of us want to become closer to Jesus. We want to feel his presence. We want to give our lives to him. We want to allow him to come to us and to change in us whatever needs to be changed if only we can serve him and share his life with others. I've met people in my life as a priest who are hardened cynics and skeptics. They come to me and say, I can't understand how someone like you, who seems to be well-educated, can actually believe that a Jewish carpenter rose from the dead. And I look at them and say, and I find it very hard to believe that someone like you, enjoying so many blessings and privileges in your life, can get up every day and not thank God for what he's given you. Because where else did it come from? Not from you. Anyone who is blessed has been blessed by the Lord. Whether they believe in him or not, they carry his treasures. Even those who claim to be enemies of the gospel. Because everything they use to attack the faith, they've received really from him. Their voice, their intelligence, their life, everything inside of them was the gift of God. And the miracle that must happen is that they be converted by Christ and turn all of their treasures to the service of the Lord. I don't know if any of you like to do what I do, and that is constantly read the lives of the saints. The saints have always been my dear friends. Every time I learn about a new saint, I, I love to watch them. I look at them and I see on one hand how human they are, how many of them in their lives lost the way and had to be reclaimed. And yet what I see what Christ did with them, then I know that Christ truly is risen. How could anyone, unless it were the risen Lord, take people who were born in the lap of luxury and move them to give it all up so that they could enter a convent and become missionaries to the far-off lands. How could anyone move a young man from a wealthy family to renounce his wealth and become a priest because he cared about Christ's people? Where do people find the strength to face death with courage and faith and great love of the Lord? Where do souls find the strength to say no to sin and to live for righteousness? As they do, in spite of all the sin and temptation of the world. Whenever you've met, and all of you have met or you will, people who truly love Jesus Christ, you have met a walking miracle a tribute to the reality of the resurrection. People who say to me, I don't believe Christ is risen, are people to whom I say, the risen Lord 
has surrounded you on all sides, if only you were not so blind as to refuse to see his work. Every soul you've met who refuses to cooperate with evil, every soul you've met who gives their life in service to others, every soul you've met who lives by faith is a tribute to the power of the risen Lord. What is his church in every country, in every place, but a tribute to the risen Lord? Oh, I know we speak about the great cathedrals, the great monasteries. Those cathedrals and monasteries were built by the children of barbarians who had been turned from savagery to the life of the gospel by the saints. They were the ones who erected the beauty that we now see. And in everything they did, we had the work of the risen Lord. The church is just like Jesus, always dying and always rising again. Because the risen Lord lives in the heart of the church, the church can never be conquered. She may be persecuted, she may be driven underground, she may suffer every loss, but there is within her, in her heart, the seed of unconquerable life that is the risen Lord himself. How else can you explain that the church after 2,000 years, after every hardship, every sorrow, every persecution, every difficulty, still lives in the world, still attracts people to the gospel, still works miracles of grace, if only our eyes are open to see. I hope that every person here in this chapel tonight knows the power and the beauty of what we are celebrating during Lent. For we are celebrating the fact that God's only begotten Son, who became incarnate for our salvation and lived among us a true human life, but a life that was filled with the grace of God, has conquered death by his cross and resurrection and his victory lives in the souls of all of you who believe in him, hope in him, and love him. For as long as there is one soul that proclaims Christ is risen, then Christ truly he is risen. And his victory will continue to the end of time. For all of us have a choice in our lives. We can either be people of unbelief and have all of our hopes and dreams die with the grave, or we can be people of faith in the risen Lord who said to his disciples, I was alive, but now I live forever and ever. Peace be with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.